Hello, Sawbona, how's it? Molo, Jambo, and welcome to Every Nation Devon Podcast. We hope this message will inspire you and draw you closer to Christ. Enjoy. Um, this morning I'm here to preach on the, on the gorgeousness of God. I'm joking, but I, I do see the gorgeousness of God <laughs> in the wife that He gave me each and every morning. Um, uh, and, and there she walks in. Look at her. She just lights up the room, doesn't she? <laughs> nice and tall. Head and, head and shoulders above. Yeah. My, my name is Makabongo Sogufutumala. Um, I, I thought I had the longest name and surname. Until I saw some some guys um, from Poland, and then I realized that no, <laughs> I, I, I was far from it. My my name is actually very short. Um, yeah, so this morning I'm gonna be preaching on the value of a soul. Um, that's my real message, um, the value of a soul. Um, and as I was looking at the picture of that young man there, um, I, I I don't know. I just get excited. I just want to get to know him. I want to talk to him and, and ask him why he's laughing or why he's happy. And I want to just laugh with him um, because he just looks like such a cool person. Um, and, and I think that's the, that's, the, that's the view I have or that's, that's the, 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 the idea and the understanding that I have when I, I, I think about souls is that... That's what God intended for them to be that um, welcoming and and warm and want to just draw you in. Um, yeah. So this morning, I want to just um, get us to a revelation of the value of each and every soul, um, your your own as well. Um, and I want us to talk about the the urgency of reaching out to every soul in a discipleship relationship. Um, because this is actually very paramount. Um, yeah, and the, the scripture I have is Matthew 16, verse 26. It says, for what, profit, for what profit is it to man if he gains the whole world, but he loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his own soul? What, what profit is it for a man if he gains the whole world, and he loses his own soul. Um, I don't know about you, but when I hear that, when, when he says, what profit is it for a whole man, for a man to gain the whole world? I, I, I think, I, I start thinking about the world and what is in the world. And there are a lot of valuable things in the world. And there are a lot of things that are well sought after in the world. Um, I start thinking about paradise islands where, you know, you, you just like everyone is working and working and working and saving up money so that they'll go see this particular place and, and have their time where they're relaxing and they, you know, or there's, there's, um, places like Buckingham Palace, which are covered in ornaments and, 
and and precious metals and you know and the 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 value of that place um must be very high you know and you you look at the cars that exist in the world and you look at at, at a lot of stuff that we have in the world that is very valuable but this scripture says that if you gain the entire world so if you owned Buckingham Palace and all the cars, think about all the cars that you want. For some of us who, who still think and say, you know, I wish I could be on the, on the paradise, um, on this island, um, and I could have gorgeous hunks around me, or I could have gorgeous girls around me. Think about it. If you had all of those gorgeous hunks and you had all of those gorgeous girls, the soul is still worth more. So you are on this island with all your cars and you own the, your, your luxury car and everything. And this, this one thing, this soul is still worth so much more. You think about everything that the political powers are after. You think about everything that they're fighting for. Minerals, gold, uh, oil, all of these things. But then the soul is more important. You know, and if you, and if you start really looking into the scripture, um, if you're honest as a person, that, that becomes a little bit of a, of a pool. You know, because there's, there's some part of you which like gets, yeah, you know, like, yeah, so important. But then when you get into it and you get into the business of life and into the intricacies of life, the, 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 the lines can be very blurred. There, you can find some gray areas there where you, you find yourself having to either uphold the value of the soul or to uphold the value of what people are chasing after. And, and so often we can just sit down and look at the scripture and look and think in our heart, you know what, tick, it's done. This is easy. You know, it makes sense. People are the most important thing. They are very valuable. But then when we come down to it, um, it's the test, the test comes in the decisions and the actions that we take. And then we realize that, oh, okay, how much do I really value the soul? So I just want to start talking about what I mean when I'm talking about the soul. Um, in, in Genesis, it says, God formed man from the dust, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and he became a living soul. So... The soul is something that is God-given. And it derives its value because it comes from God. It derives its value because it's everlasting. Because it, it lasts for eternity. Everything that is here on the earth will die. The one thing that will live forever is our soul, the human soul. We are made in God's own image. That is where our value comes from. And, you know, it's, it's very interesting that Jesus was, was talking to the, the, the time where he was talking to the Pharisees and scribes. 
And, and they were talking to him about how he, he eats everything and he's, he, you know, he's just like a glutton and he just drinks and he, you, you know, he just doesn't have care for, 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 for the important things. And, and what he said to them, they were, they were actually talking to him about the Sabbath because he had healed someone on the Sabbath. What a, what a great sin. Um, healing someone, you know, like persecute me for healing someone, making them feel better. But they were doing it because he, he had not honored the Sabbath. And, and the Sabbath is, is, is very important because the Sabbath is the, the day of rest. Um, it's where you find rest in the Lord. And it's also when the Lord rested himself. And God gave us a strict instruction that, you know what, you need to honor the Sabbath. You need to take care of your soul. You need to take care of yourself. Because there's so many things that you'll have to do, but in a certain day, you need to relax and you need to take time for yourself. So the issue here was not how important the Sabbath is. Jesus knows that. But the issue here was that the Sabbath was made for man and not the other way around. So these guys were sticking to rules and regulations over and above the value of a person. And, and so often we, we can do that. We can look at things and objects and material possessions and value them over people or subject people under their power. Can we just pray? Father God, we, we thank you today. We thank you, Father God, that you will speak into each and every heart, each and every mind and each and every spirit, Father God. Lord, I thank you um, that your truth will resonate with us, Father God, and it will come deep into our souls, and it will change us, Father God, for your glory. We thank you that your kingdom come and that your will be done in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, so there's a, lot of, there's a lot of things that vie for our purity. Um, and, and one of the things, well, the, the thing that really captures us or gets us is sin, um, or evil, but evil, yeah, sin comes from evil. Um, and then when, 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 when sin is in our life, then it compromises our soul. Um, because our, our life is, is, is meant to be forever and it's supposed to be for an eternity with God. Um, so when sin comes into us, it jeopardizes that, and our eternity becomes somewhere else without God. So I, I want to talk about three types of social purity, uh, social purity, um, sorry, three types of purities, um, which is social purity, sexual purity, and spiritual purity. Um, and then from there, as I get into them, my, my hope is I want to highlight the value of people throughout all of them. Because so often, um, we can sacrifice people um, at their expense. And I want to talk about social purity, first of all. Um, social purity is, has to do a lot with your morals. Um, it has a lot to do with freedom. It has a lot to do with other people's um, rights. 
um, so to speak. I'm going to speak, I'm, I'm not going to use Christianese for this. I'm going to speak as plainly as possible. Um, so that's what social uh, purity has to do with. It has a lot to do with your morals. Um, I'll give you an idea. Um, you, you are working for an NGO and there is a company that wants to donate to your NGO. Um, you have a meeting with them. And then this, this, this CEO of this company who wants to donate to your NGO says, you know what, I've never had an, a holiday to Germany. So I would like a holiday for my family to Germany. And then um, I, I'd really like to give in to your company though. But there's, you know, there's, there's just something that's missing from my side. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a family vacation to Germany. Or, or whatever it may be. You know, so, so, so socially, now you have to make a decision. Um, do I cross the gray area and take this money and do what I'm not supposed to be doing with it in order for me to do this thing? Which the NGO might be for a good cause and it might be doing great work. You know, and they might be children or often or whatever it is that you're doing. It's a great thing that you're doing. But then how do you make sure that how you gain your funds is the correct way? You know, or you could be, or you, or, or you could be going at all ends to make sure that you have the most money possible. And in that, you could be compromising on a lot of your moral values. Um, you could be stealing, you could be lying, you could be cheating. You could be siphoning funds from people who, who are unsuspecting. Just because you, you want to, to, to further yourself. Um, and, and, and scripture says in 1 Timothy 6 verse 10, it says, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some are strained, strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows and pierced themselves through with many sorrows so the love of money is the root of all evil so what i want to make clear today is that it's not just other people who can attack the sanctity of our souls we ourselves can act in ways which jeopardize ourselves just like the scripture is saying it says through through greediness, have pierced themselves through many sorrows. So sometimes the, the decisions that we make, the things that we go after, the things that we, 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 we pour our blood, sweat, and tears into are the very things which could be those ones that hurt us. And, and the scripture here is not talking about money being a bad thing. Money is great. It talks about being the money... The love of money being a bad thing. It talks about it being the root of all evil. And why is because it takes you away from your creator. It takes you away from this very person who gave you that breath and said you must live. It takes you away from this very person who who, who gave you this breath and said you are made in my own image. And in my own image I have made you. You are precious, more precious than gold. So you can find yourself 
exalting the love of money or the love of whatever you're going after over the love of God, over being aligned with God, over doing what God has asked you to do here on earth. Even though maybe God can be telling you, okay, I want you to do this. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you and he's saying, yes, 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 this is how you need to do this. And then you meet someone else and then they tell you something and then you think, ah, but there's gain for me here. So, yeah, God, I hear you. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but I have to, I have to stick here. I need to, I need to feed my children. Or I need that yacht or I need, I need whatever it is that you need. so important for us to realize that when we do things, everything that we do, it needs to be aligned with God. And we need to partner with Him. Otherwise, our souls can be at stake. Let's look at um, 1 Corinthians 6, verse 15 to 20. Um, This one talks about sexual purity. It says, do you know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot or a prostitute? Um, certainly not. Or do you not know that he who, has joined to, who, who, he who is joined to a prostitute is one with her? For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body. But he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body, in your spirit, which are God's. And I know in the church we speak a lot about sexual purity um, to the annoyance of a lot of people. Um, and the, But there's a reason why we do it. Because this, is, this, this one is very dangerous for, for one's own soul, um, but also for others. And this is probably the one sin which really affects everything in you. Um, it affects you socially, it affects you spiritually, it affects, it, it just affects you. <laughs> um, so, they, it, it talks about the lust of the flesh, it talks about um, us trying to gratify ourselves, and there are temptations in this life, I know. Um, I live here too. Hello. <laughs> there are temptations in this life. Um, but there, there's a certain understanding that, that, that I had that when I, I gave my life to Christ, when I committed my life to Him, He, He showed me so much value than I never knew possible. Um, I'd been leave, I've been living for about 19 years. How old was I when I came out? Yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it was about 19 years, somewhere there. Um, and he showed me so much value, more than I'd ever seen in my entire life. And when I, 
when I started to, to look at things, my, my perspective changed. Before, when I used to think about girls, I used to think about I am scoring. You know, that's a popular term. We're scoring. You know, or I'm, 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 getting, I'm, I'm getting gratified, or this is for me. And then what I realized was I was actually weighing myself short. That what I was supposed to keep and what was supposed to be sacred unto the Lord and set aside only for my wife is something that I was giving away very cheaply. And then everything changed. It stopped becoming about the preacher telling me, don't do this. It started becoming about me and understanding the value that I have. That an entire God can leave heaven, come here, be subjected to the worst scrutiny, just so that I can have sexual freedom. That for me showed me so much value. And it made me start thinking, you know what, you you are so important. You, you, you are not gaining anything. You are actually losing so much by engaging in this behavior. And this morning, I'd like us to start seeing it differently. Because some of us look at this thing and we see the, the law under, we see ourselves under the law and we, we find ourselves burdened. Because we're thinking, you know what, if, if, if I don't do this, then so-and-so is going to know, and then my reputation is spoiled, and then I'm, I'm this in church. It's not about that. It's not about your reputation. It's not about who people see you as. It's about who you are. Who you are is loved, sought for, cherished by God. You are the apple of His eye. You are the reason why he has moved heaven and hell, literally moved heaven and hell to get to you. So when the scripture starts talking about the fact that um, we, when, we, when we do this, we sin against our own bodies, that, that, that starts to make so much sense. Because now we realize our value. But sometimes... And this goes to my point that I was making about money as well before. We venture into things we're not supposed to because we don't understand the value of our own souls, the value of who we are and whose we are. There's something I call a poverty mentality. No matter how much you have, you're always going to want more. And wherever you have an opportunity to cash in, you will. Whenever you have an opportunity to drink, you will. And you won't stop until it's finished. Whenever you have an opportunity to eat, you will. And you won't stop until you finish. Why? Because you're valuing these things over your own self. Because maybe at some point in your life you were deprived of these things. And then because of that, you, you spend a whole lot of your time seeing people looking down on you. You spend a whole lot of your time um, not, not fitting in into the right social circles. 
you spend a lot of your time being rejected in certain social circles. And that creates in you an inferiority, an inferiority complex. That you know what, maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I'm diminished. Maybe my value is lower than theirs. Maybe I just need to take whatever I can, whenever I can, because I don't know when I'm going to get it again. And then you sell your own dignity, you sell your own value just to get that thing. Matthew 6 verse 21 says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where is our treasure? You know, there's, there's been a, a whole lot of talk in the country about rape culture um, while we on this um, topic of sexual purity. Um, but my, my take is a bit different from what I've been seeing in popular media and people um, speaking about um, I, I like to I like to look at the cause, or I like to look at the root, and I think a lot of us sometimes are reactionary, and we 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 start looking at things with the fruit. You know, so people are raping other people, therefore these people are bad. But why are they doing this? What is the, what is missing in their own lives that they're doing this? And I wanna, I wanna make it clear. I don't support people raping other people and killing other people. Um, at the risk of sounding obvious, but I have to put that in there. <laughs> However, there is still value in those people who do that. And those people live in a culture in a very um, in a very open and liberal sex culture. So, in my estimation, this rape culture exists as a subculture in this very permissive and liberal sex culture, where if we see a certain celebrity, where we see a certain celebrity. Um, Actually, we see this a lot in the movies. They, 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 they really wire us to think this way. We see this a lot in the movies. Hookups. You know, they're normal. It's just a hookup. Um, if one night stand, oh, it's normal. You know, uh, it, it happens. I meet someone. I love them, but I really love them, so it's okay. I can give myself to them. You know, it's a very liberal sex culture where a lot of people and a lot of um, organizations are prodding at the, at the resilience or the boundaries in it. And where we find such a liberal culture, sex culture, it's very easy for a lot of things to be permissible. Or for people to think that those things are permissible. Because if we're pushing the boundaries and we're saying, no, 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 let's leave the, the rules. We've been bound by rules for so long. The church has been on our case. Let's, let's explore our sexuality. 
Let's explore what we can do. Let's see um, what, what, what that has in store for us. And what happens is we come under the power of this thing. And when people start to do things that we don't like, now we start saying, ah, 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 ah. Maybe, maybe these guys are wrong, but let's carry on with our permissive and liberal culture. Let, let's, just, let's just take these few rotten apples and put them away because they're the ones who are spoiling this thing. That's, that's like coming to an ecosystem and blaming the lions because they're eating the, the, the buck. What are, what are they supposed to do? That, that's, that's, how, that, that's how the system works. So if we're creating a system which is very permissive and liberal and people can express their sexuality in any way that they want, how do we then come back and qualify that no, 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 you can't express it in this way, express it only in this way? So I, 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 have, I have a lot of pity because I myself was pitied for all of these guys who find themselves with these thoughts and who find themselves with these things that they do because they, they grow up in a, an environment that says it's okay, but then when they do whatever they're being told, then it's, but then my, my answer is always God. My answer is always that when He touches them, that they do better. That when he confronts that, 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 that root of sin in their lives, they start thinking differently. When he touches them, they get out of the system and they get new rules for their sexuality. They now stop thinking that, okay, I can do whatever I want to do. First of all, they realize that I am valuable. That when I'm doing that, I'm hurting me. And then they realize, second thing they realize is that these people are valuable. These people are made in the image of God. These people have the breath of God in them. I cannot just violate them in any way. I cannot just kill them in any way. How important is it for us, church, to spread the gospel? Matthew 24, verse 12 to 13. I read it in the New King James and in the uh, Persian translation. Um, It says, And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. In the Persian version, it says, There will be such an increase of sin and lawlessness that those whose hearts once burned with passion for God and others will grow cold. But keep your hope to the end and you will experience life and deliverance. Keep it to the end and you will experience life and deliverance. This morning I want to talk to also the people who have been Christians for a long time. Um, Because I know there comes a time where we get familiar with our surroundings. Um, or we 
we we choose which scriptures and which commandments or precepts we will fall under. And then the others will leave them to other people. And and sometimes because we find ourselves in these societies where lawlessness abounds and sin abounds, we find ourselves either on the sly, on the download, like submarines who in doing this thing and then on Sunday who submarine up <laughs> or sometimes we find ourselves in those desperate places where we've been we've been waiting and trusting God for a particular thing and then we find that thing not materializing it could have been a car it could have been a spouse it could have been anything but because of that desperation, you find yourself compromising. You know the standards that God has set. They're there. You, you know about them. But then, you know what? This thing is not happening, so I need to do something. Um, and, that's, and, that's what, uh, and that's what Saul did. He, he was waiting for, for Samuel to come in and, 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 and give an offering to the a sacrifice to the Lord before they went out into battle. So he's waiting, he's waiting, he's waiting. Men of God is not coming, prophet is not coming, the army is coming. And and, and so often that's what our lives can, can look like. Like everything is closing in and we need to act and we need to do something. And so what do we do? We sacrifice for ourselves. We stop waiting on God. First Peter 1 verse 18 to 21 says, Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot, he indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in the last times for you. Through him, believe in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him the glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. We were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold. So all of these things that look like they're closing in on us, that we are anxious and desperate for. The Bible actually warns about being desperate or anxious. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Everything is lawful, but not everything is permissible. You shall not come under the power of any. There's a reason why the scripture puts that there because you can in a moment compromise who you are, the value that is so bestowed in you for whatever it is that you're desperate for. So if right now you're in a place of desperation, I want us to start praying and break that over your life in the name of Jesus. Can we just close our eyes and pray? Father God, we thank you that you break every bond, that you break every um, point of desperation, Father God, in each and every person's life. 
Father God, I pray for faith to arise. I pray, Father God, for waiting. I thank you, Father God, that you may just bring a new refreshing, Father God. Lord, I thank you where people are anxious, Father God, or where people are desperate. Father God, that you may help them to really trust in you, Lord, and hold on to you. Because, Lord, we have seen you come through in great in mighty ways, Father God, in, in, in each and every one of our lives, we pray, Father God, that testimonies may abound, that people may know, Father God, that you are the God who saves, that people don't go hungry, that your righteous, Father God, don't, don't, don't go without, Father God. And you know what the trick is? Trick is, found in Romans 22. It says, But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of, of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness and the result is eternal life. What does it mean, slaves to God? So often we, we think about freedom as this idea or thing without limits where it goes on and on and on but in a legal sense your actually even in a spiritual sense your your freedom is never unlimited your your freedom is limited by his freedom so right now i am free i'm a free being i want to sit on this chair he's sitting on it that's a limit I, I can't sit here. He's sitting there. So my freedom has been restricted. And then freedom gets restricted by a lot of other things. So there's this idea that we can live and be free, totally free, and not bound by anything. I'm, a, I'm the bearer of bad news today. That's a myth. <laughs> That's a myth. Freedom always comes bound in something. And you just need to choose the right thing to be, for your freedom to be bound in. So this, this, so this scripture is talking about being slaves to God. What does that mean? In other version, it talks about being bond servants to God. And what bond servants are were, were people who had given their lives to serving someone else. And it was a voluntary surrender. So I see what you have done for me. Therefore, I will serve you forever with everything. I will come under your power. And I will be free as much as you set confines for me. I will enjoy as long as you set confines and boundaries for me. If you tell me not after this, I won't go over. So we need to find out what are these boundaries that God has set for us so that we can enjoy our freedom. Because when I was free, before Christ, I really was plagued. I found myself in such a strong prison. And I found myself having anxiety because I didn't know how I was going to get out. Because when I looked around, everyone was doing the same thing I was doing. 
And I thought to myself, how am I going to get out of this? But it's the precious blood, the valuable blood of the Lamb, which was laid on the cross, slain on the cross, which set me free from that prison. And now I stand here before you as a slave to God. Because because I'm a slave to God, then I am free. So don't look for your freedom in fleeting things and passing things. Don't look for your freedom in things which will not satisfy the soul. Find your freedom in the confines of God. There's so much life to be lived within the confines of God because sometimes we look at it and we're afraid. We're like, ah, ah. If, if I put this boundary over my life, I miss out on this. And if I put this boundary over my life, I miss out on this. Let me tell you, I'm standing here as one who put those boundaries in so much fear because there's so many things that I wanted to accomplish with my life. But I had to beat myself down and, and restrain myself so that I could come under the power of Him. And let me tell you what, I've got so much more than those little things that I was looking for. I have so much peace. And that's why Christ has gained you, so that you can have that peace. So that before you sleep at night, you don't think about how you're going to cover this and that and that lie. So that you don't think, how am I going to lie to this person so that I can get this? Where you can have so much peace that at night all you do is pray, thank God, and say, okay, this is what I want, this is what I want, and sleep. Like a baby. (laughs) Anyone know what I'm talking about? When we have faith in God, that's the kind of lives we live. But our freedom is found in being slaves to Him. So, so don't break those shackles that He tries to put on you. Therefore, you're good. Tabo, did you show them Abut Kespa? Abut Kespa. Abut Philip says, going to hell, when, it, when, when it's all said and done, I just pray I make it. That's the most important thing to me. When I know my biggest goal, to make it to heaven. All these fancy, fancy cars and clothes in this current life is cool, bro. But they will stay here. The value of the soul transcends all these cool things, all the fame, all the likes. How many, how many likes does this guy have on Twitter? Like how many people are following him on Instagram? Some, sometimes, sometimes we want to get there ourselves. And then we decide, no, 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 no. He was right. Heaven is worth more than all of this. <laughs> He's got a lot of stuff that a lot of my, us might be wanting in different ways. 
in different degrees. But he, he, he still gets it. Let's, let's look at the other rapper. <laughs> Guys, AKA wants to be a, a better Christian in 2018. Who, who, who is gonna help AKA become a better Christian? <laughs> Jesus. Jesus went back to heaven and he left you. AKA was ready in 2018. I don't know if he's saved or not. I don't know if he's becoming a better Christian or not. Who is going to help AKA? He wants to be a better Christian. <laughs> Church, you, you never know who you're reaching out to. You, you never know the power over their life when you're reaching out to them. You never know the darkness over their life when you're de- reaching out to them. You know, God has a purpose for us, and so does the devil. And if we live people uninterrupted by the gospel... If we leave people oblivious of the value of their own souls, then the devil will just carry on. It's all too easy for him. If we're sitting here and we just put up our hands and then we go back home and no one is confronted with the gospel, devil is winning. Three nil, four nil, five nil. Cause we, cause we're just sitting here and he's just carrying on. He's gonna speak into this one, you. I want to put a lot of lust in you. I put a, want to warp all, the, all your sexual um, things and you go and rape that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah now they're going to catch you. Okay, kill her. She knows too much. No, 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 no. You need to make the most money that you can. It doesn't matter if other people are going to go broke because of that. It doesn't matter if people are going to lose pensions or whatever. You need to make money. You need to take the money from the hospital. It doesn't matter if a couple of people are going to die. Just a couple of people. We look at this country and we see ourselves with so many problems. Reaching out to a particular person who has an influence over an entire hospital. Reaching out to someone who has influence over an entire household can prevent them from killing their children and their wife. This is real. This is urgent. This is, this is not just us trying to get church active or trying to look busy. This is urgent. And our urgency is 24-7, 365. Church... You don't, you don't know who is a rapist or who isn't. We might know rapist. It takes a couple of seconds to rape someone, minutes, whatever. And then they're done. Sometimes it never comes out. And rapists don't come dressed in black clothes and a hoodie and, and, and. No, they don't. 
they walk around amongst us. Thieves. All of these things. They walk around amongst us. Pedophiles. You name it. Sometimes we look how people are dressed and we're like, ah, no. This one is successful. This one is doing great things. Yeah, you you can be very successful in some things. But you can be dismal in others. You could be struggling. You could be in a prison in other parts of your life. And we all need Christ to come and take us out of that prison and put us in as slaves to his love. As slaves to his goodness. And this means we need to change the way that we look at people. How do we see people? When we look at people, do we gauge by the suburb that they live in, by the clothes that they're dressed in, by the eloquence of their speech, where their soul is? No. We gauge in the understanding of what God has done for them and what he wants them to do in their lives. If we encounter people and we talk to them and they tell us about a lot of successes and a lot of stuff that they are accomplishing for themselves and they don't even mention God in there, red flags should start going. Cling, 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 cling. If we assess people according to the way that they speak English, so they speak pidgin English. You know what, my brother? I'm going to preach these parts. I'm going to really preach it. Because this is not own. Where we start looking at people because they're a bit darker than us, because they're a bit, uh, their accents are different from ours. That's how we look at them. That's how we see them. Value of a soul. It's in the thief as well as in the, in, in the victim. It's in the foreigner as well as in the citizen. And God died for all as equals. Where are we going? <laughs> I wanna I wanna read a, a quote um, by by Charles Spurgeon. Should come up there. It says if sinners be damned, at least let them leap over leap to hell over our bodies. And if they perish, let them perish with our arms and around their knees, imploring them to stay. If hell must be filled, at least, at least let it be filled with the teeth of exertions and let not one go there unwarned or unprayed for. If sinners be damned, let them leap over, our, over to hell, leap to hell over our bodies. 
What does this mean? It means we are a stopgap. That we can prevent this. That Jesus has left us here for this. A.K.A. must find someone who will lead him to Christ. Each and every person in your circle. And this is what uh, Mother Teresa said. She said, we the willing, led by the unknowing, are doing the impossible for the ungrateful. We have done so much with so little for so long. We are now qualified to do anything with nothing. We the willing, led by the unknowing, are doing the impossible for the ungrateful. We have done so much with so little for so long, we are now qualified to do anything with nothing. Some of us think when we go out to people and tell them the truth, and we tell them to submit to themselves under the power of Christ, We think it will just flow smoothly. And then when it doesn't, uh uh, didn't sign up for this. Let me explain something about love, especially unconditional love. I think those with, with children, they have, they, they have an idea that when you love your child, You don't always do what they want you to do, but you do what they need you to do. Sometimes they resist. Sometimes they're kicking and screaming. Sometimes they don't really like you at that moment. Because in their heart of hearts, what they're doing is right, and they really want to do it. And that's how people are. When you encounter them with the gospel, don't expect all of them to be grateful to you. Yes, some are ready, like AKA. They want to be better Christians, so they're willing and listening. But then some people will actually fight you. They will resist. They will kick and scream. But what does a loving parent do to a child who's kicking and screaming? They carry on with whatever they'd said. I'm not going to change. Because if I relent, if I break this, this, this law, if I, if I move the boundary just a little bit, I'm not loving you long term. So right now, feel the pain. Feel as if you're not worthy. Feel as if uh, your, 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 your will is disregarded or whatever it may be. But I have eternity in mind. I know the value in your soul. So therefore, I will fight. Even if it means we will come to a place where we have a heated argument. I'll move away for a moment. I'll come back again and I'll beg you. And I'll ask you, please. And I will not relent. Because I know that what is at stake is much more than my pride. Because sometimes people will insult you to try and get you to get away. It's easy. We learned this in childhood. If you don't want someone to bother you, insult them. Then they go away. I was a very skinny child. I was a very skinny child. 
So a lot of people try to bully me. I learned that if I use my words, people leave. So I became very good at insult. Because if I insult people, I make them feel small, and therefore they don't feel powerful or confident enough to carry on with what they're doing. Simple. I learned that as a child. But adults are still doing it today. If you're coming to them with an idea that they don't like, they will belittle you. They will insult you so that you will not carry on. Because when you are belittled and when you're insulted, you can lose your reason. You can lose your cool. And then you can retaliate. And then they've got you. Or you'll give up on them. Wipe your feet. Dust your feet. Like like Christ said. (laughs) Don't be too quick to dust off your feet, saints. Tell where you can go for it. Uh, I'm going to read a poem. As I end. Poem is by Mary B. Welch and it's called The Touch of the Master's Hand. It was battered and scarred, and the auctioneer thought it hardly worth its while to waste this time on the old violin. But he held it up with a smile. What am I, what am I bid, good people? he cried. Who starts the bidding for me? One dollar? One dollar do I hear too? Two dollars, who makes it three? Three dollars once, three dollars twice, going, going. A man from the audience stands up and says, no, wait. Comes to the front. Takes the violin. Dusts it up. Tunes it. And then he starts playing the most beautiful music that people had heard. And they sit in their seats for that moment, tasting paradise. And then the man stops playing, gives the mic back to the auctioneer. Now the auctioneer says, how much shall we bid now? One thousand. 500,000 Do I hear a million? People are up in arms and they're asking Why is this violin going for so much now? When at the beginning You were willing to let it go for three dollars The answer Has been touched By the master's hand A touch from the master's hand changes everything. We see people outside. We see people in our offices. We see people in our flats. We see people in the city. How much shall I bid? One dollar, two dollar. There's no value. It's gone. It's too late for them. Is there anything left in there? We have the touch of the master's hand.
at our cost. We have this very valuable gospel in our grasp that changes the music that people release. That changes the actions that people do. Some actions are worth less than a dollar. But the touch of the master's hand changes those actions to be worth, to be infinitely priceless. Once you rise as we as we close. The touch of the master's hand is available for all of us. The touch of God is available for us today. you just start to take stock now a lot of times we we are stuck with half-baked thoughts and ideas in our minds because we never take time to really think about them so we'll find ourselves thinking that we think a particular thing or we believe a particular thing but because we've never tested it according to what we're actually doing and how we're actually thinking we might find that we, we actually don't really believe in what we think we believe in when we really take time to look within. So I'd like us to take that time right now. Look within. What do you see when you see a person? What can you trade your own soul for? What can you trade someone else's soul for? What are the places in your own life where you, you have compromised? You have compromised reaching out to the lost. You have compromised and fallen into sin. Though you knew the truth. Just take some time. This is your moment with God your moment with God Father we pray that you change the way we think align it with your word align it with your truth Jesus let us see value in our own souls let us see value in the souls of others and we see an urgency for us to reach them Lord you are the answer you are the answer, Father God, to all the evil, to all the sin that we see in our midst. And Lord, you have brought us as an extension of that answer in this city. We thank you, Lord, for the church, the called out ones, called out to do your amazing works, to reach those who are lost to reach those who are worried, to reach those who are anxious, those who are desperate, and to bring them the hope 
I know as I've been going through the sermon, um, some of you, certain things stuck out for you. I'd like each and every person who's never submitted themselves under the power of God, who's never said, God, you know what? I'm giving myself as a slave to you. I'm clearly marking my boundaries of freedom today. If that is you and you have never made that awesome decision, that great decision, that powerful decision that changes your entire life, changes the generations and generations after you. If you have never made that decision, won't you just slip up your hand and come to the front? And if you are here today saying, you know what? I have believed. I have given my life to this Christ, but I found myself surrounded and I found things closing in on me and I am compromising or I have compromised. We want to pray with you. For that last group, let's pray. Maybe you could just repeat after me this morning. Say, Father God, come to you today knowing how valuable I am. Knowing how valuable you are. And I make a decision to make you my treasure. To make your word my treasure. It's my boundary. It's everything that I'm going to live for. For all the compromise. For where I've extended those boundaries. For where I haven't kept up. I repent. And I make a commitment today. To make you my number one again. Come and wash me. Cleanse me. Make me who I'm meant to be. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wow. Thank you, Mac. What a, what a great word. Um, I just, can I just have a little, like, public repentance here? I was doing evangelism on Tuesday night. If you want to join me Tuesday nights by spa in Avonmore, I'm on the street corner. You're welcome. I was there and, uh, and I only had a limited number of flyers or, you know, invite cards for church. And uh, there were quite a few people on a Tuesday night coming out of spa with beers and, like, really drunk on a Tuesday night. I don't know what was going on on Tuesday. But I found myself starting getting, started to get very selective about who I was giving my limited flyers to, thinking... You know, this one, I'm not sure I'm going to have much impact. (laughs) 
Um, but I know that that mom coming out or that dad coming out with a child, I'm, I'm going to have a better, a better chance, you know, of sharing the gospel. And, and I was really challenged by Max's words this morning uh, that we don't know the darkness some people are under and what freedom we could bring. Um, but because there's an insult or because there's a whatever or there's a value that we're putting on them or that, that is actually not the value God sees on them, we're restricting ourselves and we're not sharing and loving and caring and giving this gospel. And I want to challenge us as a church. Let's go out this week and let's put like a perfect 10 over everybody and let's treat them as God would see them. Let's go value our friends, our family, our spouses, our kids, our neighbors, the colleagues, everyone we work with. And let's not shy away or turn away from sharing this powerful gospel that could really liberate their life forever, for eternity. Amen? Amen. Church, be blessed. Have a wonderful Sunday. Um, have a wonderful week. We'll see you again next week. Men, don't forget Saturday. We're, we're up here with the big screen. Amen? Um, and, uh, and yeah, for our first time visitors, don't forget there's a connect zone. Take your flag to the to the connect zone and there's a treat waiting for you we'd love to get to know you amen for tuning in. For more messages like these and other resources, you can visit our website at endurban.org. Remember to subscribe to our podcast channel to stay up to date with the latest sermon. Be blessed.